Alrighty, welcome to Event Quest, our magic show. This is uh, Fortuan slash Cham, joined by Dart slash Chance. How you doing? Doing great. Just got stomped in pre-release. Excited to talk about cards. <laughs> yeah, I like this set a lot. Uh, we didn't get to talk as much as usual about these sets because you've been gone, but boy. I like some themes in this thing. Uh, and then uh, Matt slash Thoth Amon, although we mostly call you Matt. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I, I answer to either or. So, happy to be here. Alrighty. So, Modern Hor- uh, Horizons 2. I almost messed up the name again. Um, this uh, just pre-released this weekend, obviously, because uh, Chance was there um, playing today. Uh, yep. Matt had canceled plans to play Friday. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, I had no plans to play, but again, single dad, so no chance to go do that. Um, so, uh, as usual, we talk about five cards each. Uh, last time we did an extra card because it was like a, a commander set on top of a normal set. So... Uh, this week we're going to go back to our normal formula of just five cards each. But uh, before before we uh, get into it, uh, and then we'll also be talking about a uh, a so with like a sixteenth card, so an extra card afterwards, um, just because we thought it was worth talking about. So um, start us away, Chance, with your number one. Okay, I'm I'm going to start with a legendary creature. But it's an uncommon. It is Captain Ripley Vance. Two and a red for a legendary creature, human pirate. 3-2. Yeah. Whenever you cast your third spell each turn, put a 1-1 counter on Captain Ripley Vance, then it deals damage equal to its power to any target. We have some lovely flavor text. The Spitfire Bastion bristles with cannons claimed from every ship she's conquered. It's a neat card. Like, this is a card that kind of shoes into the red-green storm archetype for the, you know, sealed draft portion of the set. It is a callback to Vance's Blasting Cannons. You know, some of that red, impulsive-ish draw that we get from enchantments. And it was a card I really was interested in building kind of a budget commander deck for a contest because... I've I've had experience with stuff like Solvala, you know, that could be called Bro Storm, that you're kind of just playing some creatures, doing some absurd things to get a bunch of mana and a bunch of cards and loop to some combo, but this seemed like a very red answer to that, where it's my version of this deck would be pump spell, pump spell, card draw slash a retrace spell. So you get Ripley to like eight or nine power, gain the counter just slap someone in the face for nine damage then go to combat like i don't i don't think the variety is really high with this card i think i want to pump pump smack but i think it'd be really fun honestly it feels very thematic to the feeling of you're just shooting a cannon into someone's face yeah it it uh, the the art really plays into the mechanic as well of all the different cannons it's it's standing on. I mm. say it because I can't tell if that's a guy or a girl. I think it's a guy. The text says she. I think, it, I think oh. it's yeah, it's a she. Claim from every ship she's conquered. So yeah, that's I mean, why I was confused. Yeah, 
this might be something I I set out to build as maybe a fifty dollar budget deck. Like it's it seems like it'd be a lot of fun. You're you're kind of doing one thing. You're kind of laying it out there. And it and it's that fun deck that's going to catch somebody off guard. I I think I agree with you, Chance. I think because of the of the stiffness of having to cast three spells a turn, I, I think that's going to make it a pretty linear game plan. So I don't know that it'll have a lot of longevity. Um, but but it'll be that great deck to break out every once in a while, and you'll just you'll catch somebody not not thinking it's going to fire, and then boom, they're going to get cannons to the face. Oh yeah, just like get to five or six mana, brute force. Um, Titan strength. You've got nine power yeah. already. Then maybe like a a uh, <laughs> that dude can't block draw a card. Okay, gain a counter. <laughs> now I'm at ten power. Fink you for yeah. four combat. Hit you for four. Then we're gonna fling it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Throw throw some teamer battle rage in there for good measure. You know, game over, man. <laughs> game over. Hey, yeah. third yeah. spell being assault strobe is probably really seriously an issue. Just one yeah. red give something double strike to under turn for a sorcery. Yeah, there's <laughs> like see brewing this deck is really fun. It's a pirate, so there's gonna be some synergies potentially for it. I don't know the like generic pirate deck kind of pseudo storms or not, but yeah, yeah. So I mean, um, there's not a lot there, but you're gonna feel like you're blasting someone in the face with a cannon. I think I like that idea. <laughs> it is um it, yeah it, it's a weird one especially being uh, an uncommon and you make that your commander it's i don't know i feel like this should have been a rare at least honestly like no i i think i think three spells a turn is a stiff enough mm-hmm. that's a stiff enough point of entry and since it's it's only a three two, I yeah, don't know. but I think it makes bigger, sense. It gets bigger, like it stays bigger every time you do that. Yeah. Now it is just a one one counter, yes, but yeah. You know, this isn't any mana gorger we're talking about here, but <laughs> although um, that would be a good inclusion in in that deck. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah, or, or just prowess creatures as well, like. Yeah, it could be. Um, or I'm sorry, is... Torian Mahler, the uh, the red mana gorger. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say the mana gorger Hydra wouldn't fit because <laughs> you'd have to have a, a red green commander at the least. And just in case yeah. you want them tribal synergies, Torian Mahler is also a uh, pirate. It's also a pirate. Changeling <laughs> wink. <laughs> oh, I thought Gotta he was actually it. a pirate. And you guys no, no, it is because changeling, changeling but I mean... it's changeling. <laughs> That By the rules of the game, it's absolutely a pirate. That 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 counts, but it doesn't count. It's like it counts. It counts in the stats, but not in my heart. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, sure. It technically is that. It's it's also a unicorn. I think I think that'll be one of my long term goals is to put together a five color Morophon deck and then just play it as a different tribe each game with all changelings. Probably just, just keep naming whatever because it always functions the same. Yeah. Today, yeah, exactly. Like today, it's a folk deck. <laughs> we we hit a in on a long enough timeline, we'll hit a critical mass of good changelings where you can build a one hundred percent changeling deck that then can just be whatever tribe you care to make it, or like uh, 
uh, oh gosh, piggyback off of other synergies at the table. Someone's playing their vampire deck. And you're like, cool, I'm playing my five color vampire deck too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> someone someone brings Anawan to the table. Oh goody, I have yeah. vampires too. Yeah. I, I will not be sacking those. I will not be sacking these because there's definitely demons. Go away, Rakdos. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm everything. I, I, uh, I like it. I, I know you yeah. were excited about that one. I, di- I didn't expect this to be your first off the list unless I was looking at it, which I, I should have been. But um, no, yeah, I just I think it's a fun have... place to start. Like it, it's not the deck I think I'm building from this set. That'll come as my fourth card. But yeah, uh, yeah, no, my number one would be the uh, my the one I'm building is my number one. So we'll get there. Uh, Matt, <laughs> what's your first one? First pick, so I think that's an interesting point. I'll save my juicier picks for further down the list. Uh, so I I picked... We'll start off with kind of an interesting one, because I, I feel like this is a real sleeper. I don't think... I feel like I haven't heard anybody really talk about this card. Aside and uh, <laughs> We've no, talked about I mean, this I, one together some. Well, uh, all right, so I'm going to jump around on my list. Don't pay attention okay. to the numbering. Oh, okay, uh, gotcha. So my my first pick uh, is Junkwinder. It's five generic and two blue for a creature serpent at uncommon. It has affinity for tokens, so it works the same as the classic affinity for artifacts. Each token you control reduces the generic cost of the creature by one generic mana. Uh, whenever a token enters the battlefield under your control... Tap target non-land permanent and opponent controls. It doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step, and it's a 5-6. So mm-hmm. what drew me in initially is the art. Uh, I really like the And it's it's this serpent, you know, kind of swimming through this pile of junk, and it's got a squirrel on its back and a squirrel on, like, a post nearby, and it looks like it's kind of chatting with the squirrels. Mm-hmm. So it feels like that's kind of a, a call out to where the you should look at putting this thing. Yeah. Well, the the affinity for tokens and with squirrel tokens being such a prevalent thing in this particular set, I feel like that's where they wanted it for limited. Uh, but when I when I started reading through the text on this thing for an uncommon, the, this strikes me as one of those like real workhorse uncommons that is not super exciting on the face of it, but then just does an ungodly amount of work in your deck. And when I started mm-hmm. reading like the in in a in a deck that's built to abuse this thing which token decks are going to be built to abuse it not mm-hmm. only is it cheap to get down but i mean that's i feel like that's on par with with a uh with a crater hoof as far as a finisher i mean you drop this thing and then spawn a bunch of tokens and lock everybody's board down and then you're just swinging in unanswered yeah yep this one was exciting to me as well um, I forgot about it until you put it on this list. But um, one of the times that Chance and I were talking about stuff, he, he mentioned this, and I was like, "That's another, that's another auto including the Rixmathies deck that's torn apart." Like Serpent was one of the three things that that deck needed. In fact, it didn't have any serpents, um, even though serpents benefited from everything um, that everything like. Uh, all the synergies because everything was like uh was it kraken octopus and serpent or the big three in leviathans that, in too leviathans, leviathans yeah yeah uh and serpents are always included but there's so little serpents and then we're getting more serpents there's also the one that uh we talked about last time 
that creates a token of itself. Uh, uh, coma that creates the coils. Yeah. So it's got some synergy within serpents now. Like it's yeah. actually really good. Um, and yeah, I do love the art. I didn't notice the squirrel on it, but I did notice the one it was talking <laughs> to. Yeah. Yeah. I do like this one. Good art. As always though. I mean, magic has a heck of a lot of good art in general. Oh, by and large, yeah. But sometimes you see that that one card, and the art really does really strikes you, sets you back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do like this yeah. one quite a bit. I I just feel like it's a it's a really powerful effect that's going to be very easy to abuse in a deck that's built to to capitalize on it. Okay. Honestly, after just getting my butt spanked in pre-release, it's really big for mm-hmm. a card in this set that's not rare. Like really yeah. big. I mean, five six is is generally big to begin with. I mean, like four fours are kind of like the standard for like a quote unquote big monster. That's a lot. A lot of the, t- you know, creature this size, draw this card kind of deal that we've had. Like if you yeah, like power matters power stuff. Four Checks four or five. Yeah. 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 I I just think about you know even in a in a token deck where you're not firing on all cylinders yet, having three tokens in play makes this thing a three drop. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's seven or I'm so sorry. makes four. it a four, makes it a four drop. You're right. But still a, a four drop four mana for a five, six that has a repeatable frost links on it. I mean, honestly, just the play pattern of having him in coma and thinking about getting a token on everyone's upkeep. Oh gosh. Yeah. Be like your most important so thing lo- untaps. Well, now we're going to lock that down for a whole turn cycle. So you can yeah. theoretically keep the two most important things for each player on lockdown without other effects. Yeah. That, that's rough. That seems really rough to play against. Yeah. Well, like, like I said, what really sunk it for me was just kind of thinking about it in terms of Crater Hoof as being this omnipresent finisher and realizing that the that the evasion and the, the power boost is an integral part of that. But this feels in some ways like a very similar effect. Um, yeah. Where again, with a, with a, enough token generators online, and if you're packing something to give your creatures haste, just I could see completely locking an opponent's field out right before a big combat, and they just they got nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Well, then also it's two turns, right? Because it's like they're yeah. they're down for two turns. It's not just one. So yeah, and that will continue to happen even if you still create more tokens and they survive the first assault. That will continue to lock them down. Yeah, absolutely. Now, okay, yeah, non-land. I wanted to check. I was like, yeah, non-land permanents. There you go. That tap lands would be ridiculous. No, it would be. Yeah, just making sure, making sure I, I I heard it and read it right. Um, okay, so yeah, I like that one. I I would have picked that one if I had remembered it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so I'm just going to get this out of the way, because everyone knows I'm going to pick it, which is Ren, Ren's Run Hydra. That's kind of hard to say, saying that out loud. Uh, the one Hydra card we got, uh, which, hey, you know, past, like, what, three, four episodes, we haven't talked about a Hydra, so... Woo! Yay, I got one! Uh, Chance already got me one, too. Uh, and I'm going to also follow the theme of starting off with Uncommons. Um... 
So I lied. I'm not talking about the one I'm building a commander with first. Um, cause you can't, this, <laughs> this isn't legendary. Uh, so Ren, Ren's run Hydra is X and green for a zero, zero creature Hydra. Uh, it has reach and when it enters the battlefield it has the standard Hydra text of X equals to one, one counters put on it when it played. Uh, but it also has reinforce X. So for X green, green. So one more than just playing the creature outright discard this card and put x one one counters on target creature now um for a hydra deck this is pretty good for other decks though this is amazing and the reason why is the reinforce can't be countered unless you do like a stifle because <laughs> it's a discard effect oh man this is fun <laughs> like Oh, man, if only I could get this in for X damage. Hmm. <laughs> this is like a pseudo spell in your hand as well as a Hydra. Yeah. Um, and the the, uh, the the text uh, or the flavor text is, The Bogart hopped careless, carelessly among the roots until the roots woke up, insinuating that the roots were the Hydra. Um, I do, uh, uh, there's a comment on this, uh, thing under the, uh, I'm looking at it in Mythic Spoiler. Um, someone's like, I'm slightly disappointed this isn't a plant hydra from that quote. And yeah, I think that'd be cool if we actually had another plant hydra. If we have two others, both of them phyto hydras. Um, but, uh, I, I do like, uh, I do like the art for it. It does look very rooty. It's very, very camouflaged within the trees. It looks like as far as like whatever those structures are down the, the back of it. Um, but yeah, it's it's a solid Hydra. Um, the Reinforce is, is a solid ability, in my opinion, um, which makes it less exciting as a Hydra, but more exciting as a general card for me, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to see you can have this reaching body or, you know, Reinforce being at instant speed probably mm. is the real ups and downs of this card you know saving something from a removal spell finishing somebody off there's a bunch of cards in this set oh, that yeah. have synergies of when I have a counter placed on me like there's a white double striker when he has a counter placed on him that turn so if like a 2 mana or a 3 mana 2-2 two -two, that any turn he has counters placed on him he gains a double strike like you might just knock somebody out if they don't block him a random turn if you have right. this like, it is right. a cool effect. I like it a lot. It can be mana. It can be damage from things that remove counters. Like, we have all the synergies oh, yeah. in Commander to, to, to... That is a resource. A non-spell that puts a bunch of counters on something. That is, that is a very usable resource. Now, one of the things that, that I've thought, again, going back to one of my few decks I have, Gyrus, if I have had to have played Gyrus for cheaper than I have wanted to... This is a good way to get counters on him or anything else that, you know, does a check for how many counters is on it. You can boost that with this card without having to get rid of your card and then come bring it back. Um, mm -hmm. I've had that in Gyrus where I've had to play him early enough to sort of like survive. But late game, I'm like, OK, I really need him to be larger so I can pull out this card from the graveyard. And this actually fixes that situation. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's. 
I don't know if it's worth a whole, car, you know, taking something out for it. It probably is. That that's not the most tuned deck in the world. So probably has room. But yeah, I'm excited. We have another Hydra. Unfortunately, it's the only one. So, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it's a it's a decent one at least, and uncommon. So I shouldn't be able to. I I shouldn't have a hard time getting a hold of one. And like I said, Chance already got me one from the pre-release today. So the Hydra collection is complete. Once again. Except for that super promo one from Theros I found out existed. That sucks. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, number two, Chaunce. Well, we're going to stay in green uncommons with Blessed Respite. One in a green for an instant. Target player shuffles their graveyard into their library. Prevent all, damage that would, prevent all combat damage that would be dealt this turn. Water the soil with blood if you must eventually it must be tilled with forgiveness mm, green sleeves i guess is the the quote the person quoted there yeah i like this like i'm i have bad intentions in my soul sometimes in commander and <laughs> a fog that also messes up someone's graveyard that they're trying to stalk like this slices and dices like Fog is a one mana of effect. Sometimes graveyard shuffling or exiling is like a zero mana effect, like Tormod's Crypt. But staple it on one card. I think it's good enough. Like I'm, I'm very happy with this in Commander. It is anti graveyard and anti getting your butt smacked in. Like it's not like everyone and and it's one of those effects where again i really like the the versatility that they've included here because there's also now i i think nine times out of ten it's going to be used like you're saying chance it's going to be used to shut down somebody who's trying to really pack the graveyard for some shenanigans but i can also absolutely see situations where if you've got someone in your pod who runs a pretty aggressive mill deck uh then this is mill insurance. I, I can see situations where, you know, maybe your combo pieces have been uh, discarded. Someone's been running a bunch of wheels, and this lets you kind of get your stuff back in your deck where you can find it and draw it again. Uh, or it can also be a counter to someone else's graveyard hate against you if they're getting ready to exile your yard that you've carefully packed. At the very least, you don't lose those cards to an exile. Mm -hmm. You can shuffle them back in and then stock it again later. So having that, that extra versatility is really nice. Yeah. It just feels like it has a lot of utility on a utility card. The only thing yeah. that would make this better if it was like one more mana and cantripped. That's what I think. Like the perfect <laughs> form of this card would cost one more uh, one more generic and draw card. Like draw card. Yeah. I agree with that. That's that might be too right. good, but yeah, I'm Is that too much? Even at three? Would it be one more would one more green mana help? I don't know. Like with that balance. I'm out. just kind of like pontificating. If I was allowed to ask for more, what would I ask for, and what would I, what would I imagine it to be? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. like like we said, like this this covers so many things. And that's kind of the play experience I have with Commander all the time. I want to save myself against things that feel unfair. You know, combos or. You don't see, like, through the breach, sneak attack stuff as much, but, like, sometimes it happens. You know, right. sneak attack a blight steal. Yeah, I'd like to not die to that. Well, just the prevent the, the fog effect is, is pretty solid, right? I mean, fog is 
a good ability to have. But the instant speed shuffling a graveyard into the library, and it's target player. So you could do this to yourself. This is like a good card on a lot of levels because A, you can save yourself from milling out. B, you can save yourself, you know, you can just like, oh man, I need this back in my deck and I need to be able to search it. Too bad it died. You can do that. Also, you can deal with the graveyard lockout stuff like, oh, okay, I target this in my graveyard. Hold on. You know, that kind of stuff as well. There's a lot, there's a lot impact in that first sentence. And then on top of the fog effect, which I think is more going to be used for the first part rather than the fog. But fog is a good yeah, um, like it slices and dices, and you made me think. You know, I really like. I run uh, Ghoul Caller's Bell and some Commander decks because the people that every game you play with them, they're doing some tutor that they change the top of their deck. I'm like, okay, I'm going to tap yeah. Ghoul Caller's Bell then. Like this, this shuffles mm -hmm. their deck as well. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Causes them to shuffle. Cheaters. No. <laughs> and it's sometimes uh, it's just like the good faith of like. Commander's supposed to have some variance, and how many tutors becomes it doesn't feel like you're playing a game of variance anymore. Right. Yeah, that's true. All right, uh, Matt, you're number two. Uh, my number two, still jumping around on my list. Uh, I'll go with another uncommon like Chance, uh, but this one's black. This is Underworld Hermit for four generic and two black. It is a human peasant creature, which I think is hilarious and awesome i hope we get more peasants uh at uncommon when underworld hermit enters the battlefield create a number of one one green squirrel creature tokens equal to your devotion to black devotion of course being the number of black pips among permanents you control and the flavor text reads some souls yearn to escape death others are content to feed the wildlife it is a three three so uh, the obvious comparison there there's a white version there's a couple white versions of this but the the most the strongest correlation is between this and Evangel of Heliod, which is also six mana, four generic, and two white. It creates one one human soldiers equal to your devotion to white. So right. this is just in in a Orzov Orzov Aristocrats decks. This is just an extra copy of Evangel of Heliod. Uh, very similar also to like Cloud Goat Ranger. Um, oh, what's the other one? Is it like Kithkin Goat Herd or something? There's a couple. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a couple. Uh, a couple creatures around that five to six mana mark that that make tokens equal to the number of color of a certain color uh, relative to the to the card that it's on. So this is, I mean, obviously for any black deck, any black white deck, anything doing graveyard shenanigans, this is a six mana that's probably going to bring you it's at least bringing you three bodies just on its own on an empty board it's bringing you three bodies it's more than likely bringing you five six plus and that's a lot of sacrifice fuel that's a lot of uh that's just a lot of stuff to play with i'm a little i mean it, obviously it's correct because the squirrels have always been one one and green mm -hmm. I, i'm a little hurt that that the it's a black evangel of heliod that doesn't also create tokens that are also black uh, mm -hmm. But you know, I I can live with it. Mm -hmm. It's it's great. Well, it's on theme for this set. Too. It, it it is. It is. Yeah. I like it. It's gonna fit well with the deck I'm building. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
It's a fun card, the squirrel stuff. You know, I played around with some of the squirrel stuff today. I didn't have this card, but and you know, there's just some something fun about it, and we have some tribal synergy now that we didn't have before. That it feels a little weird that we're mostly green tribe that has a devotion payoff for like the lesser color of the tribe. Yeah. So I kind of hope mm. that as time moves on, it fleshes out a little more. We'll. We'll have Modern Horizons 52 when we go back to Squirrels again. and <laughs> Probably not that long. There's probably some serious <laughs> yeah, data yeah. about Twitterverse and stuff like that. Like, how much did they think Squirrels actually up the sales of this set? <laughs> it probably is not zero. I'll tell you that. It is It is a fun theme. And that was something we were explaining to a friend of ours. He was like, I don't care about squirrels. And I was like, squirrels was like a cool thing. What was that set that had like the rabid squirrel and stuff, Chance? Was it Odyssey? It was It was one of those like... Like Deranged ones. Hermit. Like there's old cards that that's the... dealt with squirrels. And and that's part of the problem because I think some of those older squirrel cards are reserve list, aren't they? I was thinking Deranged Hermit is. I'm not sure. But but I think the point is like that's a card that I think saw play back in the day because I just put enough body power and bodies into play for a little bit and you know, you're you're calling back to something that players that have played for a long time really have attached to and really have enjoyed and this is really transitioning a nice volume of squirrel stuff to black border like we had some silver border stuff recently but mm -hmm. right. Okay, um, I like it. Like I said, it's gonna fit. It's gonna fit the deck I'm building, which is squirrels. Spoilers. <laughs> um, <laughs> way to way to jump on the bandwagon, Cham. I like the squirrels. I want. I tried to build a squirrels deck out of the old cards we had one time, like in middle school, and then I'm like, oh hey, squirrels are making a big cut. Oh, they are. So I'm I'm going to build it. Like I don't have those cards anymore, but Squirrels yeah. has stuck in my mind since then. Like it's not it's not because it's a bandwagon thing. I don't give it I don't give a crap oh, cuz it's a bandwagon thing. I like it. <laughs> oh yeah. Nah, I'm yeah. just giving you a hard time. That's true. As you should. As you should. <laughs> um so uh so my is it yeah, second pick. I'm losing I'm losing count already. Um is the Obsidian Charma three red red for a four four dragon. Um spells cost one less to cast for each land your opponent controls that would produce uh gen uh colorless, actually, not generic colorless. Um flying and when obsidian when obsidian charmaw enters the battlefield, destroy target non basic land and opponent controls. I like non-basic land hate because people rely on them way too much and then also locking down the stupid um i like to call them the uh crap i can't even remember what they are what are those things i hate chance the colors titan things eldrazi yeah eldrazi hate i'm i'm here for it honestly i like the idea of this dragon is just like no f you i'm killing all of you Stupid Eldrazi. It's not big enough to, but it is locking down a lot of um, extra lands and stuff used. <laughs> yeah. I think it, it sees a lot of play, or hope for play, against Tron and Modern, because you want to be able to mm -hmm. have a 
progressive play that adds to the board that stops the Tron lands from being assembled. So, like, yeah. when you have the turn advantage against them, red, red, one, to whack one of their two lands, to have a 4-4 four, four in play seems great. But it's just that in the wrong situations, it's the three drop that doesn't stop the Karn, either Karn from being cast. I'm more excited yeah. for this than Commander. There's there's definitely... Mm-hmm. This, well, that's what we are, Commander players. This for red, red. Feels fine, feels great, like... I'm not saying that you should be a bad person and flicker this regularly, but I'm saying it can be done. <laughs> well, I I hearken back to what I said uh, in our in the episode on Commander Legends, uh, talking about the uh, the opposition agent. Yeah. I I think that I think that single target land destruction is something that Wizards is going to have to embrace and print more of specifically into Commander to help keep the format alive and healthy because ramp is such an uncontested good thing to do mm-hmm. and that that unless we start getting more tools like this where like you said it's not you're not waste not wasting but you're not spending a whole card slot in your deck just to pack a, a stone rain you know, but right. you now you can get a four four flying dragon, which is a very relevant you know creature type that also will blow up. And again, the restriction to non basic. You know, you're not you're not adding a, a purely unfun element where it's like oh, we can blow up any land that's in play. It can only blow up the non basic. So you got that opponent who's just fogging everybody with their maze of ith, and they've got the shenanigans in place. They can keep untapping it every turn and reusing it and whatnot. Get rid of that yep. thing. Yep, it's not often that I'll spotlight a land destruction card, but I do enjoy destroying non-basics. I think that that's one of the things that that I like doing is playing more basics, just because they're they're harder to hit for this kind of stuff. Um, you know, lands are are almost like a sacred thing not to destroy, but uh, basics are like an extra level of that. So, and I kind of like. I mean, this is really good at, you know, turning off some serious good lands, too, like uh, Nykthos and stuff like that, like where they're going to start producing some insane mana eventually. Um, And you can get this out as a five drop early enough. Maybe the game hasn't gone out of hand by that point in Commander to, to really lock down some of those nastier lands. Or even stuff like, um, uh, what's that one? rogue's passage stuff like that where you're just sort of like nope nope i don't i don't want that thing (laughs) i don't want that here so i mean the thing i expect to be playing when we go back to playing more regularly hopefully not too far from now is a lot of tyrate sanctum because i just like the idea of that it's a repeatable way to put one one counters on legendary creatures and you know that, that seems like a prime target to want to not have to interact with i don't want all extra sets of three mana to mean a creature on my opponent's field is growing. Right. It's very, it seems very nice in a land slot. And this is a socially accept, socially acceptable way to get rid of problematic permanence. Yeah. It's a card. Yep. It's a dragon. It obviously has a purpose. Okay. Alrighty, um, so number three, Chounce. We are going to move into my first rare card, the Artifact 
Dermo Taxi. And I should have <laughs> jumped the scroller because just scrolling the wheel took a while. Okay. So we got a rare artifact vehicle, Dermo Taxi. It costs two generic for a zero zero vehicle. Imprint. As Dermo Taxi enters the battlefield, exile a creature card from a graveyard. And it has an ability. Tap two untapped creatures you control, colon. Until end of turn, Dermotaxi becomes a copy of the imprinted card, except it's a vehicle artifact in addition to its other types. I really wish there was room for flavor text on this card, because <laughs> the art is amazing. It looks like maybe a kid. I, I envision it being goblins, but it kind of looks more like a, hu a human kid. Has taken a mammoth corpse animated it with some magic, put some wheels on it, and went rumbling down the road. And just <laughs> just the idea of, you know, two little creatures working together to stitch a dragon or a leviathan or some impactful creature into this only creature when you want it to be vehicle. And it's it's just interesting. Like, it doesn't technically have the, the phrase crew. So there's some anti-synergies with normal vehicle stuff like some stuff right. has effects by crewing that I'm not not getting to trigger off of this but honestly I take it as a passable reanimation spell in any color mm -hmm. I mean we've got creatures that have really nice ETBs or cast triggers but if you got just a decent attack trigger creature or just something that got some good static abilities you've, you've got a creature that you only need to protect protect on your turn your only cost of enjoyment is two untapped creatures on your field and you could be doing stuff as evil as dermo taxiing a phage mm -hmm. oh gosh <laughs> and that's yeah like, that was yeah the, that was my feeling as well. I mean, obviously, the uh, this one was also on my list uh, initially, so I've swapped in an alternate, um, but I'm glad we're getting to talk about it. Uh, I'm a big fan of Imprint. Um, the It's on flavor with tapping two creatures, so you're effectively crewing the the vehicle before it's created. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and, so, and I think that's a steep enough activation cost to, to keep it balanced. And and I'm always a fan, you know, being having access to a reanimator effects in in other colors. I th I think that's going to be really fun. I can see this going straight into my Felden of the Third Path, uh, and also making an appearance in some of my other, especially my mono colored decks. Yeah, that aren't black. It's unfortunate because like Terastodon might be the funniest thing to do with this to like keep the art theme. <laughs> We're just getting a generic nine nine at that point, but it's really big. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like maybe Well, my answer of what I'd like to do with this most becomes Primeval Titan, but we're not we <laughs> we don't remember that that card exists cuz it's banned. But it is banned. But but like you said any any attacks attacks trigger creature um and that by virtue of the fact that it's a vehicle copy means that it basically comes with protection from sorceries on it. Yeah. Um Yeah. I could see like Ilharg being a really fun one with this. Ooh, yeah. Um, any any of the attacks triggers creatures, any of the other Titans besides Prime Time that are still legal in the format. 
one of my favorites is still Giant Adiphage. Doing that with this is just fun. You know? I really like this with Sun Titan, like a lot, a lot. You're, yeah. you're kind of oh, opening gosh, the floodgates yeah. of my fake reanimation starts real animation, then if you really need yeah. to, Sun Titan eventually can get the Dermo Taxi back. Yeah. yeah. That's... <laughs> if you really get yeah. Sun Titan back. You know. <laughs> Granted, if you exile well, it, it'd be to, hard to get it back. To but... it. Yeah. You know, there's just a lot yeah. of really kind of but there's... interesting things to do with it. Yeah, there are other other creatures that have a very Sun Titan esque effect that that could be good candidates too. There's a I feel like there's a five cost vampire that only gets the attack trigger portion, but is otherwise very similar to Sun Titan. Mm. One of the Ixalons. Mm. You know, I almost okay. really like there's the the really efficient demon in Kaldheim that has the if I've attacked this turn. You can pay two and have target player tutor a card. Like that yeah. only like that having a much more shielded globe of being interacted with. I think that's when that card would feel fun. Because otherwise it's just gonna be you're gonna give me the first card, right? Or I'm gonna exile it. Versus you can spend your mana when it feels good and activate it when you think you have a chance for it or a chance to protect it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's a. I like the I like the art a lot. The yeah. Stitching a mammoth onto a, a bunch of wheels is just brilliant. Um, I need to see that as a cake. Yeah. Do what? I said I need to see that as a cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. So. Uh, uh, number three, Matt. All right, so for my third choice, uh, this was my alternate since uh, Dermataxi was one of my original choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went with, I went with very appropriately for me, Unmarked Grave for one generic and a black. It's a sorcery at rare. It says search your library for a non-legendary card, put that card into your graveyard, then shuffle. Uh, flavor text reads, I'm sure they were once someone important, but I couldn't tell you who they were. And that's from Doros Expedition Guide. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously this is this is a great reanimator enabler. Um, mm-hmm. Let's you go into your deck, grab any non-legendary creature that you like. Uh, or actually it says non-legendary card, so it doesn't even have to be a creature. But I, I would assume creature is probably going to be the target most of the time. Uh and, and throw it in your yard so that it's right there and ready for whatever shenanigans that you've got. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one more than uh, Unearth. Or, sorry, not Unearth. It's, it's one more than Entomb. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's a fair price. Um, it's also... I, I think this is one of the big signpost cards. I, I'm really happy with this set, even though I don't play Modern as a format it feels like they're trying to create enough fuel for reanimator to be a thing in modern. That was because obviously if I was ever going to play a competitive format, it would have to be a format where reanimator is a valid archetype. And Mm -hmm. right now I think the only place that is is legacy and, uh, I am not paying for legacy. Nope. So I'm really, really thrilled both with recent standard sets and especially now with Modern Horizons 2, it seems like they're really trying to give Reanimator enough gas to to maybe make that a thing. Yeah. 
and I think this card will I think there's a good chance this card would be an integral piece of, of a reanimator deck that emerges in the next year or so. Well, I mean, it's it's quote unquote downside of you know you can't get a legendary thing is not really much of a downside anyways. A lot of times your your reanimation targets aren't legendary. So, well, commanders specifically, I think modern and other formats, you're this is a real cost. Like you're looking to get Gristlebrand, a Chroma. You know, there's yeah. I mean, but there's there's tons of options that are stellar to reanimate that aren't legendary. Sure, like, I'm I'm just saying like this is probably a card very... that does stuff for modern. Maybe changes its archetype a little bit, but has a little valve mm. put on it. So maybe they're saying like, hey, we'll give you a reanimator, but it has to be different than Legacy Reanimator. Yeah, yeah. it it feels like they really don't want. Uh, to port over, you know, like everybody's trying to reanimate Grizzlebrand. Well, here's a card that can go tutor any creature you need, and I, I like the toolboxy aspect of it for that reason. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that the the non legendary clause is a real legitimate throttle on this. Uh, but one, I mean, one relevant side too is that this could go get unburial rights or some of your other premier actual reanimation spells, which mm-hmm. could then in turn reanimate a legendary creature that's already in the yard. So if it, I think it, the fact that it can get non-creatures as well allows it to kind of act as a very valuable uh, consistency factor for a deck. You know, if you're missing a creature to reanimate, this can go get that creature if it's not legendary. If you're missing the spell to actually do the reanimating, this is a way to increase the consistency of that deck. Yep. Okay. Alrighty. Well, so my number three is a common. <laughs> um, I did not Love it. bump bump up to rare like you guys did. Um, two two uh, Draykeeper, three black and a green for a two two elf druid. When Draykeeper enters the battlefield, create two one one green squirrel creature tokens. Um, and then you have three and black colon squirrels you control get one o and gain menace until end of turn. I like this because a the art very comic book style. But the, the idea of squirrels getting menace is funny to me. Like, the squirrel deck getting a menace, like, attack trigger. Like, <laughs> you're... I like the idea of, like, just getting trampled. You're getting trampled by squirrels at this point. You're tra- taking those tokens that actually, a lot of the theme-wise, is sacrificing those tokens to get either more tokens or buff up squirrels or whatever. But there's enough buffs to squirrels in this set that the Drake Keeper is not a bad inclusion if you make a commander deck out of this stuff. Um, I and, and it's pos- probably also why it's common. It's not the most powerful thing, and that is a steep cost for, especially in a limited format, um, to do something like this where you probably aren't getting all of the pieces you want for a squirrel deck. But... I mean, Commander, where you're actually constructing this stuff, or even if you just make yourself a modern deck that focuses on squirrels. Like, it, this thing has a place, I think. Um, but I really like the idea, more so than giving squirrels menace. Because, I mean, like, you know, they're squirrels. How, how could they be the, a menacing creature? <laughs> but I like it. <laughs> you missed out on the flavor text. That's actually a really great part of it. Oh, yeah. He gave... The squirrels, acorns, they gave him vengeance. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is a good one. Yeah. Uh, and the you see the, the druid 
himself kind of in the background of the art uh, mm-hmm. is very much a callback to the deranged hermit, the original squirrel creator. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I do like the, uh, the art style is very, very comic book too. Like it's, it's it, very, it does stand out pretty drastically from a lot of the other art in the set. And I mean, it's very good. Yeah. They kind of look more like rabbits to me in the face, but yeah. They give them kind of the tufted ears too. That kind of yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, I still, I still like it. Oh yeah, and I mean it's a nice, straightforward three bodies for five mana. But that that activated ability, like you said, is no joke. The extra power combined with making mm-hmm. making it really uncomfortable for your opponent to try to block. Because I mean, squirrels obviously as a token based strategy, you're presumably going to have a lot of bodies. I mean, everybody always. The old throwback is the the fifteen squirrels that can take down Emrakul. If you're swinging in with fifteen squirrels with this, that's that's thirty damage plus you know uncomfortable yeah. blocks. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to use these two to block this one squirrel. And I and if you're if you're you know doing this this right, you know as far as like if you have some of these other uh, squirrel cards down, those squirrels aren't one ones anymore either way so you're looking at you know possibly four threes coming at you and that's that's insane i and i mean four three squirrel would be kind of menacing (laughs) yeah um so yeah i don't know it it, it was it was a it was a good pick for me as far as like building the squirrel deck and i'm i like it so uh we'll just move right along to number four chance Okay, we're going to move on to my intention as a commander build for Lanus Cryptozoologist. We have green-blue for a 1-2 legendary creature. And I think we've had this type line before, and I've always enjoyed it. Snake Elf Scout. <laughs> and whenever a non another non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, investigate. And we know investigate means create a clue token. Yes. And she has tap, sacrifice X clues, where target opponent reveals the top X cards of their library. It may put a non-land permanent card with mana value X or less from among them onto the battlefield under your control. The player puts the rest on the bottom of their library in a random order. You know, we touched on this slightly with the, the fog graveyard hate card. I like messing with the top of people's libraries. This yeah. just for any amount of clues, I mess with the top card. One card is enough. But I felt like there'd be a clue deck at some point, and this seems like a decent payoff. You play a lot of the things that incidentally make clues. Like Tireless Tracker is a clue card that just sees play. Like in Landfall, make a clue. When you ever sack a clue, put a 1 1 counter on them. So having an alternative way to sack a clue that's not paying the 2 to draw a card can be something that's kind of impactful and fun. And we have a... I think he's a golem. But we have a colorless card that's a three-drop that gives you some text that says, if you to either make a clue, food, or treasure, instead make one of each. It's like we have mm-hmm. the perfect thing to curve right after this. Or we have a mold drifter that instead of drawing cards, it makes two clues. So we, we have these ways to make 
a decent amount of clues or to start making our clues also make treasure like it feels like there's this engine that is there that doesn't take up a lot of the deck because I'm sure there'll be some want to play small creatures that bounce themselves maybe some free creatures using the same effects but I'm just excited to have a commander that gets a little more out of just playing the game I don't have to play these oppressive blue green decks that just feel like they're doing everything you wish you could ever do right yeah I agree um, so clues were actually my choice for a sub theme in my uh, ETB deck so I have my rune of the hidden realm it's runes investigators uh, and it was built with whatever clues and clue payoffs were available post uh, return to Innistrad and uh, so I am glad to get some new pieces for that deck because it's not quite there's not quite enough um, for me I don't see Lannis as the as the helm of that deck I really want Bant for clues um, yeah but but before this we had Tamio's journal and we had I want to say Briar Ridge Patrol Briarbridge Patrol as clue payoffs, things where you could sack clues to do things other than what the normal pay to and sack the clue to draw a card. Right. Um, Tam Tamio's Journal is a tutor effect where you can sack clues to go search your library for something, and Briarbridge lets you put uh, put a creature from your hand into play. Uh, both very relevant. Um, and so being able now to dig into your opponent into the top of your opponent's library and then take something good from the top of their library is another really good payoff and I think having 3 I think that gives you enough consistency that you're I think it's reasonable to think you're going to have one of those in a given game and be able to take advantage of like the extra clues that you're making. Mm -hmm. Uh the other big one for me in this set was the uh the uh, tireless provisioner, a natural complement to tireless tracker, mm -hmm. that does the same thing with uh, food, and is it food and food treasure? or treasure? Yeah, food or treasure. So that's a, and I think that'll be another. There's going to be this really weird token deck that kind of emerges where it's you're making food, treasure, and clues. Yeah, it's kind of the <laughs> the theme yeah. for the the blue green archetype in this. They call it junk, but it's just here's just a pile of tokens and. Yeah. You have, like, combined Chrysalis to upgrade them into 4-4s. Four yeah. Specifically, though, these, these interesting artifact tokens that do these little extra mm -hmm. quality of life things, like drawing cards, gaining life, making mana. Yeah. Mm. I like it. I like it. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't have much to say on it. Um I do, I do remember you talking about um, using this alongside your the 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 one you mentioned where you create all the other things at the same time. Mm -hmm. And uh, snakes in blue green makes sense. Fits that tribe very well. That was a thing for a little while when I was uh, first making commander decks. Yep, was it. I don't remember. Sorry. Got interrupted. Um So, um Matt's number 4. Is it number 4 for Matt. <laughs> yes. Yep. 
Number yeah. Four for Matt. All right. So my next choice, uh, we're going all the way up to Mythic Rare now. Uh, Cauldra oh Complete. For seven generic mana, we get a legendary artifact equipment at Mythic. It has Living Weapon. It has Indestructible. And it the text reads, Equipped Creature gets plus five, plus five, and has First Strike, Trample, Indestructible, Haste, and the text, whenever this creature deals combat damage to a creature, exile that creature. An equip cost of seven. So a massive 14 mana to actually <laughs> put this thing on the battlefield. To actually put it on the battlefield and move it around. Um, but, wow, what you get well, for your money. It is a living weapon, so when it hits, it's still active. Yes, yeah. So you basically have a have a five five first strike trample indestructible haste that exiles anything that that blocks it and it deals damage to for seven mana, which is great on its own. But I mean, obviously, it's an equipment. Your dream is you you want to put this on your commander because wow, this is this is our yeah, yeah. armor. This is our armor plus some of the swords. Everything else turned up to eleven. Uh, so I'm a huge fan of the original Cauldra set. We had three separate artifacts in the original Mirrodin block. You had Cauldra's Helm, Cauldra's Sword, Cauldra's Shield. If you could get them all in play, it was kind of like Urzatron in that way. You could create a 4-4 avatar creature token that you equipped them all to, and it basically had all the text that we have on this thing. So yeah. they've basically condensed the three separate pieces into a single equipment, and it's been corrupted by the Phyrexians. The living weapon really makes it worth the inclusion because you're going to get a body that, that you can then use these awesome stats out of the gate because obviously a seven-mana artifact that uh, artifact equipment that equips for seven is going to be borderline un- unplayable in any competitive format. That's going to already relegate it to EDH. It's probably still too much. Um, but there's also, we've seen a big increase in creatures that can cheat equip costs and, and other spells and effects that let you cheat equip costs. So, um, I also like this one. I mean, I think the art is gorgeous. Uh, It also kind of works as one of those wizards love to include these teaser cards that kind of lets you know what's coming. We already saw in Kaldheim that Vorinclex is back. So, I. It's only a matter of time before we find out that we're going back to Phyrexia or that the Phyrexians are going to be making uh, a dedicated appearance as foes Somewhere. again in the yeah. in the MTG universe. And I mean, seeing Caldra, who originally was one of the you know the great hero, heroes of Mirrodin, um, corrupted and and being used by the Phyrexians this way, it's uh, it, incredible. I think top mm-hmm. to bottom, love this card. It's, I uh, I don't I, I don't find a lot of problems with the seven cost you know being commander player obviously but um, yeah, there's just there's so many other artifacts that I have played that are about this cost that are you know obviously end late game stuff and this thing you don't even have to have the fourteen because it's there and you just the next turn although there is one thing because like I, I guess I have a question is. Obviously, the creature it's equipped to has that, and it's whatever the germ is under the living weapon. But you could still technically destroy the the weapon, right? You could still technically destroy the artifact. It is no, indestructible because, itself because the art the artifact the artifact itself has indestructible. Okay. Oh yeah, it does right there. Okay. Yeah. And then gotcha. also bequeaths indestructible to whatever's wielding it. 
Right. Yeah, I I skipped over that indestructible line. I was like, that feels redundant. It was also a really <laughs> answered my own question. Yeah. Answered my own question just by reading the card. Thanks. Thank it's you. also a really nice thing to note that they've kind of edited the germ token. It is a Phyrexian yes. germ, and it actually has the creature type Phyrexian. It does, which is a, a retcon. So mm. it'll be interesting to see, you know, we've, you know, kind of feeds into that. How are these going to matter soon? We've we've clarified their creature typing. You know, we've had this great condensing of hounds and stuff down to just dogs when we had the couple things that started to care about the dog creature type. You know, in yeah. you know, core twenty twenty one style when we had Rin and Siri and stuff like that. So it would be interesting to see how much Phyrexian stuff we're gonna get. It definitely there's enough nods to it that we should feel like it's coming. Yeah, I I guess I'm curious to see I I guess I could see them holding off another year to 2023 because that would be the 30th anniversary. And I could see a certain poetic arc in coming back to the Phyrexians for the 30th. Uh, but I also will not be surprised if we see them next year in 2022. Yeah. Hmm. And, and mean, one, way or the, one way or the other, like, say they do hold off on, like, a true return to new Phyrexia until 2023. I, I think like this, we're going to absolutely kind of see these little splash cards with the Phyrexian subtype and the Phyrexian theming all throughout sets leading up to it. Hmm. Okay. That's a, that's a lot out of a single weapon. <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely a, a Definitely a lot simpler to uh, to deal with than the three different pieces. But uh, but this is also similar. I talked about in the previous episode uh, when it, with Triplicate Titan that they they've printed a card instead of reprinting the existing. And the Cauldra set, the three pieces of the Cauldra armaments are going up in price because they've never been reprinted since the original Mirrodin block. Mm-hmm. And they're I mean it's a clunky, unwieldy thing. It's fun and it's very flavorful. But they're not powerful, and I'm a little salty that we still haven't seen a reprint of the Cauldra armor. They've given us now a perverted Phyrexian version that's all wrapped up in a nice, neat single card that, again, that I love. Uh, you know, I'm glad to have this alongside the other Cauldra stuff, but I also want a Cauldra reprint. I'm calling it mm-hmm. now. Cauldra reprint. <laughs> Give it to me. I don't know. Because... Because also interesting in the history of magic, we do not have an official from Wizards avatar creature token for the Cauldra set. Yeah. You can buy them like a, a lot, like a RK Post, other artists like that have done renditions that you can purchase as unofficial tokens. But but Wizards has never printed a Cauldra token for the right. Cauldra armor. Hmm. Okay. Mm. Well, uh, so my number four is a lot less lore-inspiring and, to me, just entertaining, um, which is the Chitter Spitter. Two uh, and green for an artifact. Uh, At the beginning of your upkeep, you may sacrifice a token. If you do, put an acorn counter on Chitter Spitter. Squirrels you control get 1-1 for each acorn counter on Chitter Spitter. And then you also have green and tap this... 
create a 1-1 green squirrel creature token. So <laughs> you can, it makes its own um, fuel, first of all. So you don't need other things to create the tokens to, to sort of power this thing up. Also, that's a lot of extra 1-1s for squirrels. <laughs> yes. Um, I love it. <laughs> it's really... I love it. It's really neat to it's see, a, like, it makes an army, grinder. and it makes them bigger. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and it's its own little machine. And I, I like, in general, how we've had the colored artifacts now. And this is a good card to, to sort of show that off, too. Um, that hasn't been too long that we've been doing this, too. It's only the past couple of years they've started doing that, right? Like, it was the dinosaur set they started this, right? It's been a little longer than that. Started what? Colored artifacts. Uh, colored artifacts. We had colored artifact oh, no, creatures those... back in Alara. Yeah, they they're not super common, but they've they've been around for a while. Well, they're getting more prevalent. Definitely. Um, yeah. Um, I very much enjoy the chitter spitter. Um, I like the idea of grinding squirrels to make more squirrel food. It's just a funny <laughs> idea. <laughs> squirrels getting jacked yeah. off eating dead squirrels. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, what is what is that? Uh, what is that? You had me at hello. The rom com with Tom Cruise. What is that? Uh, Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. It's like that. It reminds me of that that scene where they have a pet chicken. You can't feed a chicken, chicken. Like it just <laughs> that reminds me of uh, that. The chitter spitter. Looking at the looking at the artwork with like mm -hmm. the little contraption and then like the glowy green light. I mm. wonder if this is like a meta nod to the Rick and Morty squirrels where the squirrels are like hyper intelligent and when Morty can listen to them talk, it ends up completely destroying the, their particular, like Rick has to get them out of there because Morty has pissed off the squirrels and right. like, you, now can't, they know. you can't mess with squirrels. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, that could be. I wouldn't have thought of that. I mean, I've seen it, but I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, because <laughs> I one. mean the the fact that the squirrel himself is is running the contraption. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, but he might be just be told because he gets acorns out of it, and he has no idea what he's doing to his brethren. No idea. That's true. Very true. Ooh, it's an acorn. <laughs> it makes acorns. I'm gonna keep doing it. Ignore yeah. the squirrels screaming, please. Ignore them. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. I don't really have much to say on it. It's just another engine. It's a, it's an engine that makes its own stuff, and I I like it. That's not usual, and it's slow, right? Like the yeah. best you're going to get it is one a turn. But hey, in a slow game, that could be all you need sometimes. Right. So, I think it's my first rare on the list too. The, no, this was the Obsidian Charma was. Yeah, this was a tough set because one of the things that I like this set so much for is the really excellent dispersal of good stuff at every rarity. Like mm -hmm. there were commons I was excited about, uncommons, rares, mythics, all the way through. There's stuff that's playable, stuff that's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. There is. There's, there's a lot to it. Like, I enjoyed this set quite a bit. I don't think it's one of my favorite sets, but there's a lot of neat cards in this set. Like, a lot of, like, individually neat cards. And, of course, some of the themes, like the scroll theme, I got really behind. 
But like, even outside of that, with you know the the serpent that you had, uh, the junk serpent, junk winder, yeah, yeah, and 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 some of that stuff. I I really like the 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 pirate that Sean's talked about, the captain with the cannons, like. They're they're not like nothing is like severely overpowered, but it's interesting. You know what I mean? It's like I could do this. It's not the best. Um, but yeah, I yeah I just I like it. <laughs> Chitter spitter. Um, so yeah, yeah uh, your final card, Chance. Oh, we're gonna go to another mythic of Sword of Hearth and Home. Is a three oh, yeah. generic cost for an artifact equipment, and as you imagine, it's a sort of blankety blank. So we've got green white version. Two two. Equip creature gets yeah. two two and has protection from green and from white. Whenever equip mm-hmm. creature deals combat damage to a player, exile up to one target creature you own. Then search your library for a basic land card. Put both those cards on the battlefield under your control. Then shuffle, and it equips for two. There's there's like a big preamble to this card before I even want to talk about the card. This set mm-hmm. has really like blue balled the completion of cycles hideously for me. <laughs> because so yeah. it became pretty apparent that we weren't gonna get the other two swords. And that's okay. And I don't know that we'll ever get like a a land that is like Urborg for every color, but we got Yavamea, so we have the forest version of that. And then we have the 10 draft archetypes, but we have, like, randomly seven two-color rares, and one of them is technically a reboot, a a double tap on red-white with the insect. Like, it's just so weird that the number of things that feel like an incomplete cycle in this set. Hmm. And maybe that's just me liking to see cycles and whatnot. But anyway, yeah, we, we like you said, we got a single new Elder Dragon. Yeah, that, that's another Just one too. One in in a color combination that we already have an Elder Dragon for. So like, I I'm a little perplexed. You know, that seems like an odd inclusion. To yeah, me. but beyond that, I think this this is amazing. I I don't think I put it with best sword every format, but for Commander, for what we care about, is really good. Sword of the Animist, cost one less, cost the same to equip. Has an attack trigger versus a get through trigger, but you're protected from green and white. The people that tend to have too many blockers, yeah. you're going to be protected from. Yep. Oh, yeah. And it also can flicker things. So, how would you normally get a sword? Maybe draw it, maybe tutor for it. I'm going to say a sword that lets you flicker your Stoneforge Mystic to go get another sword is probably a pretty good sword. Oh, oh yeah. that's hurt. That's hurtful. Yeah. And the best part that's, about that play uh... pattern is we've cast no spells. Stoneforge gets the sword, Stoneforge puts it into play, you pay to equip it, and then you flicker Stoneforge and end up with Feast and Famine in hand. Like, probably someone prays they can interact with you, mm. but if they don't. It's going to be bad. I, I like that the flicker is you own. So you can even use this to recover things that have been taken from you or even maybe taken out of your deck. And it puts the land into play untapped. That's like another... 
I don't know if it really, like, if you just heads up that, that effect, a sort of animus effect, I don't think that land untapped really, like, sets up everything to be, like, well, it's untapped, so it's basically a turn faster, so it's probably worth one more mana. Like, I don't know if I feel that way about it, but I feel like it really exemplifies the, you know, queer, not querying ranger, but um, virtual rangers are... I'm struggling for a name, but there's green cards that get get lands, puts them into play, untapped that are basics. Uh, we have Terramore from the current set that gets a basic and does that. And we have this flicker effect that you own versus just control or you own and control. It feels very white. Yeah. I would say it feels like it's punching above power-wise from Modern Horizons 1 swords, the other allied color pair swords. And I liked it enough that I, I've ordered two borderless ones before I even <laughs> opened my absurd amount of stuff I bought because I make bad decisions when left to myself. And, like, right, it's... Right. I think it's great. I mean, the borderless art, actually, I, li I like a lot. You get a chance to look at that. It's like a sword stabbing down into a tree. Yeah. It, it's funny what you pointed out about being able to use this to will say rescue something you own that someone else has taken control of really drives home the the home portion mm -hmm. of the name uh yeah. and i i didn't i didn't pick up on that when i was reading the text of it earlier because i overall i mean you're right it's just i don't know about best it, it feels like feast and famine is just so good I, I actually I hope that they don't complete the cycle with anything that makes Feast and Famine seem like a less <laughs> optimal choice. You think that's that's pretty close <laughs> to the amount of punishment you're willing to, to give and get. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And uh but but it does seem yeah, just in flicker decks, even in decks that don't care as much about flickering specifically, just the ability to to flicker something and your ramping Thank God they restricted it to a to a basic land. I feel like there's no other way they could have done yeah, that. Can you I, imagine if this could get anything? Let's let's not. I'd like to not. No. <laughs> I no, don't want not. to be playing <laughs> Black Devotion, Black Devotion Squirrels, and this and goes and gets our Nixos. Like, oh, <laughs> uh, God. Yeah, I mean, I I will. But it's good. It's it's. it's tasty. I will admit the motivation for buying and they ended up being chinese language ones because they were cheaper ah uh, um yeah borderless yeah. one i got ordered two because bad anyway i have all of the borderless swords from double masters so it was just you know i stared a long time at like i probably should order this one so i can keep every sword that has a borderless version i have because <laughs> i've kind of like been kicking myself over time about not ever getting the invention fire and ice because just happenstance, mm -hmm. that's the only one I'm missing without having spent a lot on it. Because I opened my Feast and Famines. Yeah, it's really neat. I'm excited. I'm, you know, maybe this is kind of the mainstay of sets like this that we'll see a sword inclusion. And I think it, it adds to my hype level. Completing cycles will always add to my hype level. You know, right. playable yeah. commander cards. And more options and equipment, too. Well, like, I don't... You know, if you're really into blue then, protection or green, wait, where am I going with this? If you're really into the green, the green protection, mm -hmm. you know, it could be a playgroup decision. Like, 
Feast and Famine has a little bit of a, like, really? You're doing something very powerful? Yeah. Because you can wheel and deal. Like, Fire and Ice, you can be like, hey, let me hit you. I'm going to draw my card. I'm going to kill this problematic mana dork or something with the two damage that you can just throw wherever. Whereas Feast and Famine, you're kicking someone in the pants. You're untapping all your lands. They're discarding yeah. a card. You know, this might be more of that kind of middle ground feeling of, well, you know, I'm just trying to get my value for my deck. And you might be more inclined right. to get a th- some hits through, maybe try to work together, work against another player at the table that seems ahead. Whereas I feel like body and mind, if you're using that for your green protection, it has its place, but it can be very underwhelming. It has its place in my wolf deck that I'm still working on putting together because it makes wolf tokens. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, it's a good. I mean, it was in my wolf deck. Um, I mean, it my green white. You, it exists. Your wolf deck exists. I didn't take it apart. Yeah, it just rejoined the mothership. It's... Although, although I do, I'm, I'm, I won't climb all the way up on the soapbox, but it does. It, it irks me, like you mentioned earlier. There was no reason they couldn't have completed the sword cycle back in Modern Horizons One. The fact that they're dribbing and drabbing a single sword here and there to kind of add to the hype of each set i i don't like i don't agree i i feel that but i also feel i don't want to you know hopefully things are working better we're or, opening up more in the united states we can go and do tournaments more often i don't want that feeling of war of the spark when it was you're playing against planeswalkers yeah sure it was a planeswalker set but so much of the mythic power so much of the rare power was in these planeswalkers and that's what you were doing. Yeah. I don't want that feeling of, okay, am I playing a normal game or am I getting dunked by a sword? Or, or I'll yeah. say this then, like I, okay, then I, I can recant. I, I'm okay with them giving us a single new sword with these specialty sets like this to avoid that situation, but it should be accompanied by a reprint of one of the existing swords at rare. They could probably never do rare. I think that's what. I think mm. isn't that what they originally appeared at was rare. Sure, but they were never at rare when mythic existed. They've always yeah. been mythic since mythic existed. That's fine, but give me give me fe- give me this hearth and home, and then give me feast and famine alongside it as a reprint because the the original swords need reprinted really badly. Yeah, I mean, I could see. I would have been really well. Yeah, fire and ice is already legal and modern, so. I would say Fire and Ice reprint in here just as a reprint. Mm. Well, I feel it. I really do feel it because I liked in the other set we had the blue-white and the red-black. Four colors had protection. One of them just didn't because that's how it works. But I think design-wise this set didn't have room for that because everything is brand new or brand new to modern. Yeah. 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 And that's what I was going to say is, I, you know, like, I, I understand your your need to complete the cycles, but I don't think that that's... It's a good way to predict certain things, especially if we're talking, like, new cycles, right? Like, we're talking, like, new land cycles or that kind of thing. But completing old cycles, I see something like this, like the sort of Hearth and Home, coming once in a while because they fit that design space. They're like... Oh, so we need something to counteract all this green we have right now. Um, I'm not sure about white, and I haven't seen a lot of white cards stick out stick out to me. But there's a lot of green with both the squirrels and some other stuff. Um, that like you you 
I could see them saying, okay, we need to have a way to counter that in this set. And it's more like insular, I think. Whereas they're, they're like, sure, it's going to, you know, it's, it's more completing a cycle we don't have design wise in the overall picture. But what are we talking about for now? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so I don't, I'm not against seeing like, uh, you know, us seeing more completion of, of, of wider cycles like this, but I don't think that's where they're heading. I think they're saying, okay, we're eventually going to complete it. Here's where it makes sense to do this one. Um, it could be. Yeah. And that, that, that's just my two cents on it. And they could have just um, lost track too. Like there's 20 mythics in this set that are not new to new to set reprints like Cabal Coffers. Like maybe they just got tapped out and had too many things already. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Too. It did seem like they had a lot of mythics this go around, but I think they've been increasing the number of mythics in general for for new sets. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, I feel like it used to hang like fifteen or under, and here consistently we've been like fifteen. Yeah, plus, but we also don't do small sets yeah. anymore. We got... Like we, we're never doing small sets again where there was ten. So fifteen, fifteen, sixteen is kind of the average, and then this has twenty. So. It is a little yeah. heavy on mythics. Alrighty. Philosophical sword discussion complete. <laughs> nice. Uh, so your final one, Matt. Alright, save the very best for last. Uh, we've got Dacon Shadow Slayer for hey. white, blue, and a black. He is a legendary planeswalker. Dacon the motherfucking black blade that mythic <laughs> rare um Dacon shadow slayer enters the battlefield with a number of loyalty counters on him equal to the number of lands you control he has a plus one activated ability that says surveil two surveil of course being a mechanic they introduced in the return to return to ravnica set it was the demir mechanic where you look at the number of cards indicated by the surveil ability uh, from the top of your library, you can either then treat it like a scry and put them back, or you can put them in your graveyard. So it's like a slightly modified scry uh, that also can enable graveyard shenanigans. So, I mean, Surveil was a really uh, a pretty important ability that came out of that Return to Return to Ravnica block. Uh, it's really, really cool. So I'm glad to see that this gives... It's not quite card draw, but it is some very powerful card selection that also synergizes very well with his ultimate, which we'll get to in just a second. He has a second ability, minus three loyalty to exile target creature. So some removal and protection for himself on his second ability. And then his quote-unquote ultimate, a relatively affordable ultimate at minus six. You may put an artifact card from your hand or graveyard onto the battlefield. So the fact that it opens up hand and graveyard both Again, very synergistic uh, with that surveil ability. You plus one him, you see a really sweet artifact on top of your library, you throw it into your yard. The next turn, you minus six and put it straight into play. Uh, it's really, really nice. I uh, love the overall design. They've set a wonderful, wonderful precedent. They did this back in Corset 2019 when we got Blackblade Reforged, uh, where they've brought Richard Kane Ferguson, who did the original art for Dacon Blackblade, uh, they've brought him back to do the new the new art for Dacon Shadow Slayer. It looks incredible. Um, so the history for me personally, 
Um, you guys know well. So, like, I had to kind of win my brother over to playing Magic. He wasn't really yes. keen on it initially. Yeah. And part of how I did that was through the art on the cards, because my brother is an artist. He cares a lot about the art. So a lot of the early decks that I built him were really kind of fueled by the art more sure. so than the mechanics. And so Daycon wasn't the first deck that I built him, but Daycon was like the first deck that he participated in building where I, you know, he picked Daycon out. He said, I want a deck that runs that guy because he loved the art. And ironically for, for a, a creature from the original Legends block who has power and toughness equal to the number of lands you control, he does not have green in his cost. He has always been Esper. And... uh that kind of opened up a really interesting Voltron build where you're really incentivized to run as much land ramp as you can in Esper to make Daycon as powerful as possible. Yeah. And then it makes him a lot easier to swing through for lethal. Uh, Daycon is still my brother's primary commander deck. So now with the printing of Daycon Shadow Slayer and a lot of other cards in this set that feature Daycon in the art, uh, there's I think there's a lot of really good upgrades we're going to be able to make to that deck to really help it sing. I love that they kept the flavor that his Planeswalker has loyalty equal to the number of lands you control. Uh, that means it's very, very possible late game that you're going to be able to ultimate him immediately. Uh, again, they gave him really good card selection that also enables his ultimate, and the fact that he can protect himself through exile-based creature removal. Richard Kane Ferguson's art is phenomenal. Yeah. Abs absolutely love it. Absolutely love. It. I've been I've been waiting for a Daycon Planeswalker for years. Back when they announced the second round of Planeswalker Commanders in 2018, I was crossing my fingers and praying to God we were going to get Daycon at the helm of the Commander deck in Planeswalker form. We got you know Lord Wingrace, and I was like, oh come on Daycon. No, we didn't get him then. Then when they gave us Black Raid Reforged, I was like, oh shit, here we go, here we go. Now it's taken an extra couple of years, but we finally have him, and he's awesome yeah i think he's mm. he's really neat like the big thing for me that you mentioned is you can have eight or so lands and can play him as a three drop that lives through minus 16 and i don't know the flavor yeah. of the character a lot for i mean maybe it's just his interaction with the black blade itself that he cares for the artifact a lot but you know i look at this a lot as my usage probably comes in my pseudo super friends uh gosh i can't think of its name right now there's the Esper, the one that probably would have you'd rather been Daycon. Amanatu, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, Amanatu. Because I love that she can flicker any permanent you control. Or any permanent yeah. you own, I think. Anyway, Daycon being able to come in, do a big flashy effect, flicker him, he starts with your loyalty equal lands again, and then potentially get another yeah. big effect in the same turn. You know, he... He is a card that I, I think is going to be powerful and feels fine. Like, I probably am sketchy to play him on three with Surveil yeah, that's, as that's my only option. Gonna... I probably will always slow roll it to four because I, I like that option of living through exiling something. Yeah. Because sometimes you can really, like, parlay the, the, the table. You can be like, okay, everybody hates Mono Green Omnath. Tap, exile. <laughs> we agree that he gets to live to at least surveil once, right? You know, there's... Right. And I'm kind of thinking in the realms of Planeswalkers that are kind of like this, you know, kind of has a card advantage-ish beginning, has a interactive middle piece, 
has an ult that might give you towards a win condition. It makes me think of Omnixilus Reignited, where he draw a card, lose a life, and then destroy target creature in the middle. Like Exile is probably going to be better for the most part. You know, you yes. considering Commander, you're you're trying to use every resource you can, and Mono White dips into Reanimator a lot because, well, you got to do what you got to do. So yeah, <laughs> I, I like it. I like. The art, I do think, really does justice to the, my memory of the original art. You definitely tell that the great success of having the original artist come back at it. Yeah. It does and look the, very good. And the, the synergy, too, that Dacon, the legendary creature, most I feel like most people want to build him as a Voltron because again he he creates a, a very unique synergy by the fact that his power and toughness is derived from your land so for being a vanilla creature he really rewards you as a Voltron commander for just playing as many lands as you possibly can granted in a color combination not not known for for being able to really ramp aggressively with lands um, although I mean black and white are no slouch anymore uh, when it comes to getting planes and, and swamps, respectively. Um, but the fact that now you can play Dacon the Creature, follow it up with Dacon Shadow Slayer, and immediately pull the biggest, fattest, let's say Cauldra Complete, you know, the, the biggest, <laughs> nastiest equipment you can out of your yard, and it's just, boom, it's right there. And it's, ah. Uh, and now if I'm, if I'm only paying seven to equip Cauldra Complete, I don't have to actually pay the seven to play it. That I'm feeling a lot better about. There that. you go, culture complete on original Daycon gifted by Daycon Shadow Slayer. Oh, there's your uh, oh, yeah. your perfect storm of this has how I want to win magic. <laughs> yes, <laughs> nice. Okay, um, I guess I'll move on to my last card, and we'll have the the bonus the talk card. About the six the the bonus card actually. There's another card I want to talk about, but that's more of like a fun game than anything. Um, so the last one, and is the one I want to build the deck out of, which is Chatterfang, Squirrel General, two and a green for a 3-3, three, three, Legendary Creature, Squirrel Warrior. I do want to note on the top of the card, even though it's green, it is a green-black commander, which does have the other squirrels, because it has a black in its abilities. So, Forest Block, done. Um, put in the uh, Everything's a Forest card, good. Everything has, it has, it now has uh, un, unblockable, period, if you have lands. <laughs> um, if one or more tokens would be created under control, those tokens uh, plus that many 1-1 one, one green so uh, creature tokens are created instead. Um, so pair that with some extra token doubling, and that's some fun stuff. Now granted, it won't double the double, but it will say hey even though you've created like let's say you double two wolf to go from one to two wolf tokens you're still creating two squirrels um you're not creating you know an exponential amount amount of squirrels but it's still pretty good and then it also has black sacrifice x squirrels target creature gets x uh plus x minus x until end of turn so you can actually swing in uh for some extra damage or just kill a creature it is. Hey, I'm going to give you minus X for 10. You're dead. 
Yeah, we we already knew this uh, this important information, but this does reiterate that four, fifteen squirrels are enough to kill a Merkul. Yes. Being this is a <laughs> green <laughs> a ability from a green permanent. It is not a colored spell that is protected. From. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Although, although I do really love the flavor. Instead of the fifteen squirrels actually fighting Emrakul, you sacrifice fifteen squirrels to give Emrakul plus fifteen minus fifteen, and it dies as a thirty zero. That's <laughs> it swells up like a tick and pops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, versatility on that that thing's good, and I I like that. He feels very powerful. You know, he has interactive ability. He gives you that green-black identity that we're kind of pushing for the squirrels. But he yeah, also yeah. has this weird... Because of his second, his middle ability, it is parallel wives whenever you're making squirrels. It just is that. Yes. Whereas yes. it also gives you the upside of, oh, you made a clue? Have a squirrel. So mm-hmm. it, it feels like a very good here's our nod to commander you don't need to have enough squirrel decks for a squirrel deck or you don't need, you don't need enough squirrel cards for a squirrel deck you just need to be able to make meaningful tokens to have a squirrel deck right yeah any any token any black green token deck you care to build now can have a squirrel sub theme if you wanted to and he, he self contains the being able to chew them up for advantage to get some more damage through or reduce some threats or, you know, just make combat uncomfortable for everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. The the activated ability is very, very similar to Draina Calastria Bloodchief, the original yep. Draina from the first Zendikar block. And and just like you pointed out, Cham, the, the versatility, again, uh, obviously Commander is a, a format where versatility can mean everything. And so being able to use that ability offensively can be really excellent, uh, but also just as, like, spot removal. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, shoot, you know, I'm not going to be able to survive this big combat if his big beater, you know, he's got a Blightsteel Colossus coming at me. I can get rid of 11 squirrels to kill that Blightsteel Colossus. That's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. And, like, that gets around indestructible. That gets around pretty much everything but hexproof. Yeah. Yeah, everything but but anything that prevents you from targeting it, and that's it. Yeah. That's- yeah. Yep. I think it. I like it. I'm excited to see some fun squirrel versions, but I also feel like this might be the the drums of war for. I play my Chatterfang. I play Parallel Lives. I do this zero mana thing that makes a token, and somehow we've already made eight thousand <laughs> squirrels. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can see well like what you said, Chance. The fact that it doesn't care what the original token is, and there's going to be things well like yeah. Jam, one of your earlier picks, the uh, the chitter, the the chitter spitter. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, you granted you do have to tap it so that at least kind of holds it back a little bit. But I mean, you can create a treasure token that's going to come with a one one squirrel attached to it that you can then sack the treasure to tap chitter spitter to create a one one green squirrel token that'll then bring another squirrel token with it you know so you've gotten three squirrels out of this this tiny little exchange and there's a lot more bust that's like that's the fair version you're right yeah <laughs> yeah i mean we have to remember <laughs> that we having... have oh gosh what is it called there's something that makes 13 tap zombies 
Uh, uh, oh gosh, you asked me too fast. Uh, I think it's Army of the Damned. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and we're in the color to fudge squirrels. types. Like we could do the was it endless ranks of the dead where you make a number of zombies equal to half the zombies you control rounded down. Like we could color. Yep. We could yeah. type fudge. Decide that everything is a zombie, and now the squirrel army yep. is making zombie squirrels. Like, yep. mm-hmm. I, there's a lot of fun though. I think there's a lot of things. It's kind of nice to see just after green blue take you know the quandrix kind of take on getting double up from the uh, pre-con that we very quickly see okay how would we how do we view this as green black you know and how do we give it the probably sells packs flavor of squirrel yeah okay um so uh i have a little game for us before we we move on to the bonus Thing. So, uh, how do we want to try to pronounce the uh, legendary creature three third human wi- wizard? Um, As Miranda Marta Kadice to Nakuldakar. Yeah, I would be kind of half cheating because I have watched the Game Nights episode where Jimmy they... plays this commander. Uh-huh. And they they include like a primer on proper pronunciation. Yeah. I'm I'm not saying I, I remember have it not watched exactly. This. this is just me trying. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's... well, you give it you give it a shot on your own, Cham, and then we will gladly correct you. All right. So Asmorano Mardikadastina Koldaskar. Close. Dakar. 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 Yeah, like not two consonants that, not that felt that didn't feel right. I mean, you're really close. <laughs> yeah. So cool. so the the breaks that they recommend is Asmorano, Mardica, Dystana, Kuldakar. Mm-hmm. Asmorano, Mardica, Dystana. Asmorano, no. Mardica, Dystana, Kuldakar. Yeah. That takes some practice. All right. Yeah. I, I'm just going <laughs> to use Asmore. Like, I've. I've Focus a little on trying to say it yeah. well, and I still feel like I'm mostly there, but not quite. I, I think I can say Asmore. Asmore too long. Maybe it's, something like that. Maybe it's the... I think it's the English major in me, but because of the Romance languages background, I feel like I want Asmorana, or Asmora, yeah. more than Asmore. I want Asmora, since it's yeah. a she. Gotcha. All right. So, um... Matt has some stuff to talk about Guy as well. So, yeah. so hit, us, hit us up. Why do you so, hate this card? So I I also, as I've been thinking about it, as we've been recording the episode, I have to include a secondary caveat. Uh, mm-hmm. Two things that I really, really dislike about this set. Okay. Um, is they've they've included two cards that I personally view as an unmitigated assault on mono black. Uh, so they finally, at long last, gave us a, a badly, badly, badly needed reprint of Cabal Coffers. Granted, it's at Mythic Rare, which is bullshit, since the card originally appeared on Common. Uh, it would have been... It is not quite as good as it sounds, but it is in the reprint-only slot. So you will see it more than you'll see an average Mythic. Oh, that's nice. That That is a slight, slight like... plus. Here's um, half a piece of cake to make it. But happy. I mean, ca- yeah, Cabal Coffers for for anyone who's familiar with Commander, 
is the greatest mono-black commander of all time. Uh, regardless of what creature you choose to slot in as your actual commander, if you're playing mono-black, you want Cabal Coffers in your deck, and you want Urborg Tomb of Yawgmoth right alongside it. And in this set, they gave us a mono-green version of, Ur of Urborg, as well as, I believe in one of the recent articles that they did, a suggestion that they do not intend to actually complete that cycle for all the other colors, which I also have mixed feelings about. Um, but the but the true, true affront that I told Cham and Chance about before we started recording is Gaia's Will. It is a no-casting-cost sorcery at rare that has suspend four for a single green. And it says, until end of turn... You may play lands and cast spells from your graveyard. If a card would be put into your graveyard from anywhere this turn, exile that card instead. So, with the very name, Guy's Will, they are hearkening back to a card on the reserve list, Yawgmoth's Will, which is one of the defining black cards in the history of Magic. Incredibly powerful. Yawgmoth's Will lets you cast any card from your graveyard until end of turn it's three mana for a sorcery and then same it has that same clause if something would be put into your graveyard this turn you exile it instead and that keeps you from infinitely recurring something by casting it over and over from your graveyard mm -hmm. um, with Gaia's Will they have given us a strictly better Yawgmoth's Will a color shifted Yawgmoth's Will in green and as I told you guys earlier, I am usually a big fan of color-shifted versions of, of famous, popular spells, provided that those color-shifted versions retain the essence of the color that they are. And so what I find so egregious about Gaia's Will is that it is strictly better in terms of the actual spell text it not only lets you cast any spell from your graveyard, it also lets you play lands. So it's exactly what Yawgmoth's Will does, but with extra, because you can play lands as well. And as a green spell, interacting with the graveyard in this way feels like a very egregious color break to me. And it feels like they're banking on the spend cost holding it in check, the fact that you can't voluntarily cast it whenever you want you have to suspend it but as we know cascade is a thing there are other spells that let you cast as you know told. cast spells with lesser yeah as foretold so you can there are ways around the suspend cost to cast this when you want to cast it and then you just have a better yogmas will in green and i am very much not in favor uh to me like and that, you know, everybody gripes about how Mono White doesn't have access to good card draw. What if they announce tomorrow, well, for one white, you can draw four cards. They just print a better Ancestral Recall in a color that's not blue. People would mm -hmm. lose their goddamn minds. People would freak out. And I, I, I'm very disappointed to see them spit on one of Black's signature spells by printing a strictly better version in green. Yeah. Okay, so... Mm -hmm. uh, I, I do have one counter to that, and I don't think... I, I think it's different. Now, the abilities are... You're talking about the straight-up the abilities, but the casting situation is a bit different, right? So, like, Yagmoth's Will is that turn, right? This is happening now, right? The only way that you can do this is suspend it for four. Now, granted, at one green, you could do that turn one, um... 
and then hey you know turn five you're you're good for this to go but that's a long way for someone to counteract what's happening here right that's a long way for someone to clear out your graveyard that's a long way to um prepare a um i don't know if you can counter when something comes out of suspend yes, you cast it or yeah so like it's a long way to counter there's a larger weak point to this thing going off far more than just casting a sorcery and that's that's i think at least a balance maybe you don't agree that that's like a good enough balance but i feel that it's a very different situation because of the suspend now suspend overall is a good thing but it it does have its weaknesses and and that is you know this card is coming so you know to prepare for it as well. Yes, but the point was like we already have a lot of precedent now for casting. This is a zero without a zero written on top, as far as Cascade and some other cards are concerned. And like there is an up and coming sure. mar- modern deck that is just Cascade into Crashing Footfalls, which has similar text of it doesn't have a casting cost, and I think it might suspend four, but it might suspend five for just a green. Like that that is mechanically something to consider but in a game of commander you probably can get around it often enough and sure uh, but it's not it's not a it's not the same right it's not sure it's they're not congruent it is a different situation it's not the same but the point is it's you have a lot more opportunity to cast a free spell or cascade into this or you know you're, you're looking at more there are commander decks that function off of, well, there's exactly one zero in my deck. When I cascade on a one drop from Yidris, Smilestorm Wanderer, it's always that. Like, Hypergenesis, Suspend. Sure, but you're you're talking about casting this for free. It's still suspended. No. It still doesn't happen. It no, happens immediately. No. No. If, if you cascade into this, it happens right now. Okay. Sure. It wants to stop a cascade from doing that to Yagma. I mean, at a higher end, but well, what's the difference. Be- so cascade is pay a cost, put it in exile with that many time counters. Beginning your upkeep, remove a time counter. I, I know that. Whenever you remove the last time counter, cast it without paying its cost. If it's a creature, it gains haste. Yeah. Yeah, and cascade it, is if, getting if, around the casting cost. I get it, but it's getting around the suspend. But yeah, if that, yeah. if that's your point, then. There is no point other than this is strictly better than Yogmas will. In which case, you've taken a card. I, I don't I really don't agree because I don't think you can always cast. Oh, you won't always. I don't think you can always. But do that. no, no, but but you were saying specifically within the context of cascading into it. Yeah. You you said if we're cascading into it, what's the difference between this and Yogmas will? The difference is this is strictly better. Sure. Yeah, being being smaller will matter because like you see cascade cards starting at three. And Yogmas will would obviously not ever get hit from that. But uh, okay, let me let me put it a different way. You guys are arguing the bottom part of the card, which I already said is better, and I agree. It's yeah. the suspend that holds this back. It's but the, it, and if you get around the casting cost, which I mean, but the it, casting cost for what the uh, the any of the Eldrazi is supposed to be the holdback, right? But people get around that all the time. You exactly. Know, getting around exactly. a card is not really the discussion here for me. It's it's that, yeah, it is in the bottom of the text. I agree with you. It is better, 
but it's different because you do in normal play have to suspend this and i don't think they design for everything to be cascade all the time sure there's a lot of cascade in this set and it will work for this but i don't think that's a spit in black's face i think this is a different situation i get what you're saying that's no, just my I... two cents I, that's just my two cents like i don't i don't granted i don't have the love for mono black like you do um even though that was my first deck was anawan like um and then my no my first commander deck was Anawan, but my very first deck was a pre-con uh the nightmare what was that like set seven or whatever the uh, the nightmare on the the pre-con i don't um, remember it was a nightmare and a, and a forest it's it, it... anywho um so that's how you feel about it but you know, the place I'm definitely yeah, coming that... to with this card is I don't play this unless I get around Suspend. It's not in the deck unless that's my plan. Right. But uh, my my overarching point is that, yeah, obviously they're leaning on the Suspend being a, a quote-unquote balancing factor. Sure. It still, it still should not be, in the card text, it still should not be strictly better. That as a green card... There's no reason this should not be restricted exclusively to playing lands or casting creature spells because that's on flavor for green. Well, we've had a lot of green stuff recently that has very specifically been like, you may return a permanent card from your graveyard. Choose a permanent sure. type, return Let's... two of those. So I, I definitely can see it's breaking the yeah, flavor a little bit. To... Like It feels and weird that this can be like, let's... okay, I'm going to cast Rampant Girth from my graveyard in a mono green deck. That feels weird. Yeah. Sure, and it's it's a it's a functional reprint essentially, just in a different color, on something that they're never going to do again. Also, that's that's also part of it too. Which yeah, I mean, I pulled up because like uh, uh, thankfully, uh, Mythic Spoiler actually has Yagma's Will and the Thesaurus that they have, which is a cool feature that they do. And reading it over, yeah, it is just. Like, if you take it text-for-text text comparison, it's the same but better, right? In green. Yeah. Um, and I don't disagree no, with same. that that part of it. It says you may play cards. Same but better. Same but better. Well, better wording. This lets you play well, lands. Yogmas will, Yogmas will won't let you play lands. You may lands. play cards in your graveyard as though they were in your hand. Absolutely without you play land. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so they're, they're that, the that point aside... Okay. It feels like updated wording, color shifted reprint, suspend instead of mana cost. Sure. Yeah, so now now it's not even better. It's the same, but it's better on the quote-unquote casting cost situation. Um, but I don't think that's, you know... You know, like, I get it. I get what you guys are saying with Cascade and free costs and that kind of stuff, but, like... I I just I don't card. think su I don't think suspend is the is the barrier that they're trying to make it seem like it is. And I feel that like we, there's times when yeah, it matters but... and when it doesn't. And I would say reading this card top to bottom, ignoring nonsensical things we can do. I don't hate it. Like I like the idea of this is fueling the red green storm archetype, but. The reality is, it's probably overshadowing the fact that green-black decks now don't have to... It's probably over $100 now, the Yawgmoss will. Uh, it was up to th like three to 500 at one point, because again, it's it's on the reserve list. Oh, no. mm -hmm. 
And so, yeah, at that point, if you're going to say you won't reprint Yawgmoth's Will, give me this sucker with suspend. Give it to me in black. Oh, holy shnikes. Give me a... a yeah. Wow. As low as 220 market price 315 Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's expensive. Well, makes me happy I have the one I have. <laughs> Magic 1%er here. You know, that's got to be the weirdest. <laughs> like, to, to maybe shift to a less heated topic than Gaia's will is, you know, there's been all these cards that, you know, I've played long enough now, and there's things that have just naturally grown in value. But I think, good or bad, Magic, I think, lived through Commander for COVID. It really probably stayed present for oh, people, yeah. kept going, and I don't know that I could have dealt with the mental breakdown that would have been like, yeah, we're not sure we're continuing Magic products because they're not selling well in COVID. We'll revisit the subject in five years. I, I'd have needed <laughs> something to make me feel better. Yeah. But it's made things like a foil Salvala is $300. When it was $35 the day the set released. There's stuff like yep. uh, Mox Diamond is now $600. When I was playing more regularly, it was 40 and that felt expensive. Like, there's a whole slew of things that are like, yes, this is proof the magic survived COVID. But, but the average mm -hmm. cost of, like, good cards, holy cow. Like, I've, I've spent probably no less than hours the last couple months just checking on some of the more expensive cards that I've splurged on here and there and just seeing where they are. And I'm almost ready to be able to have enough money to put one of my brother's kids through college. Just <laughs> if stuff keeps going in the same <laughs> pattern, like, oh, my goodness. All right. Sorry, kid interrupted. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, God's will is a thing. You know, let's let's poke the bear slightly now that we've 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 taken some steam off. In Mythic Spoiler, the card below it is a color shifted better version of another card also. Sylvan Which Anthem is, is Crusade shifted to green, but better. Mm. Uh just because it's green? <laughs> Maybe. But it literally actually has more text this time. Because Crusade is ah. white, white, white creatures get one one. Sylvan Anthem is green creatures Let's you control get one one, see. and when a green creature enters the battlefield under your control, scry one. Like, yeah. good or bad, yeah, it's like a sub theme of this set. Let's make it green, but you can do better. <laughs> they they really do need to chill it on green. I mean, I don't know. It's my favorite color. <laughs> Bias here. But... Yeah, like we get that. Then we get ignoble hierarch, which. I don't know if colors-wise yeah, is good or better or not. It gets weird for a Jund card to have Exalted when Exalted was the Bant thing for that set that we originally got the Hierarch yeah. in. But yeah, there's just a lot of, like... I don't know. It's like the same thought I have with Dam. Dam is a really cool target removal spell that overloads to become Wrath of God. And... yeah. For the, for the Maybe same this <laughs> mis, this is more like that feeling of 
when we first get vehicles, there's vehicles that get banned in standard. When I guess equipment was new, there were some serious bannings about equipment. So maybe it's just kind of this, they're really pushing boundaries and trying to do something new and fun. And sometimes boo-boos happen. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, that's um, Modern Horizons 2. Well, the next one we'll be doing is a D&D set, which I think we're all going to be excited for. We, there's already some great cards to talk about. I'm, I'm sure we're going to step on each other's toes for some of them. Just just as a preamble um, for that, please, mm-hmm. please know who Dritz is. I'm just asking for a friend. Yeah, that's so weird. Yeah, that's so weird. We've ran into so many people who don't know who Dritz is. And it's just like, how Wait, people do you... Don't, yeah, people no. don't know who Dritz Our is? Our friends that play D&D yeah. with us regularly from the card shop that, don't know. What? Yeah. And it yeah. felt weirder, not that they didn't know who the character was, but they obviously didn't know who he was to such an extent that they weren't saying his name in a way that I would accept to be close enough. Uh, and I mean, granted, it's a made-up fantasy name, so like, I don't expect anybody to be like a hundred percent. But there's a difference but... between Dritz, Drizzit, and Potato. And I heard things that felt like Potato. <laughs> potato. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird because he appears in a lot of the Forgotten Realms books, um, like a specifically like core rulebook stuff. He appears. Um, well, he's the he's the poster boy for Forgotten Realms now. Has been for. At least the yeah. last, what, 10, 15 yeah. years? Exactly, since you got me into reading them. So, like, I don't... Uh, it's a different experience. It's so weird. We're very excited for it. Yeah. It'll be an awesome set. We've, yeah. we've yeah, seen the, some spoilers the, already. The D&D set. Like, it'll, it'll be great. Yeah. Oh, I never looked at oh. the flump. I never looked I'm, at the flump. There I'm making go. my call. I'm making my call now because Cham expressed some consternation that we have not had many hydras in the last few sets we have also not had mythic demons in mono black in the last few sets and i've been oh. very upset yeah you about got it. you got dunked on by an archon um, here uh, dude the archon is sweet but the archon <laughs> is not a demon it is an archon i i would have accepted if it was a demon archon you know i'd have been great mm. with that because uh, mechanically i think it's amazing it's yeah. wonderful um but I'm making the call now. I, I'm expecting Forgotten Realms to set things to right. I want my Orcus. I want a giant mono black mm-hmm. Orcus, preferably a nine nine that has some sort of reanimator type ability on it. That's what I want, and then preferably a also a, a rod of Orcus legendary artifact that goes with nice. it. Nice. So Aww. if I if I get that, that that's my call. That's what I'm wanting out of the Forgotten nice. Realms set. Okay. I, I, I looked at... I wish I hadn't. I wish I hadn't. But I looked at the flump. The flump is terrible. <laughs> it's amazing. Get <laughs> get off your high horse. Wait, what flump? There's a D&D card spoiled already. A uh, flump. Oh, nice. That is a mm-hmm. flump? <laughs> it doesn't fit what a flump is. Even... Okay. Okay. Discussion for another video. Okay. I'm sorry. Yep. I'm distracted because it's I yep. don't don't like it. Say good night, everybody. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. Um, for updates on this podcast and the other shows we do, including uh, the weekly's Hunter Hub uh, video game podcast, Born of the Monster Hunter Community, 
catch us at Hunter's Hub Pod on Twitter. Um, the weekly show is now streamed on Twitch on Saturday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, same name, Hunter's Hub Pod, twitch.tv. Uh, and then also we do Bickering Bucks, which is a video game uh, book club sort of thing um, where you play a game along with us and we discuss the game at the end. Uh, we will be reviewing Ghost Runner here soon uh, whenever we can get scheduled the the three of us to Brian and Jacob and I to talk about it. And then we'll be they're wanting to we haven't decided on the next game yet. They're wanting to wait for E3 to end. I don't think we're going to get anything as far as like Shadow Drop which is what they were waiting for. I think that's ridiculous, but uh, anyways. <laughs> so yeah, so other shows to listen to, and of course, tune back in to this show for um, the D&D set review next week, which we're all big D&D fans as well. Well, not so next week. It'll be, be exciting. It'll be a while. Next, about, I'm about used to saying next week, next episode. Um, yeah, which will be here in a few months. So not a thanks few months. guys for it'll listening. Be three and or four weeks maybe yeah like two to three i'd say two to three because i think the end of the june's when it's when yeah. it's dropping so we'll probably have the full spoiler in like less than three five weeks, weeks. Well, i think sooner than that because i think it's coming out like june 29th or something no it's actually in july but also oh is it like my, the second week it's already june it's already june There's it's also already that. mid it's already mid june yeah. Yeah. yeah it'll be mid july so about a about a month so, also, yep. before we so sign either, off, either way, because we haven't done this, yeah, this set is an amazing set, and Gideon's still dead, so it's easily a 4,000 out of 10. Oh. <laughs> yeah, our rating. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, Matt, what's yours? Uh, my rating is a one motherfucking black blade out of one possible motherfucking black blades. <laughs> nice. Um, had a Hydra... So, seven-headed hydra. There you go. It's a solid one. Solid seven-headed hydra. All right. Good night, folks, and uh, see you later. Thanks for playing. Night, everybody. Bye.